ask for the opportunity to say a few words on Dhamma from uh, the Krupajan, the teacher, the elder monks and uh, other fellow monks. Give my blessings to all the laity here today. Today is a good day, a very fortunate day that we uh, will have the ordination of nine bhikkhu monks. Uh, and so today I was thinking on what to talk about uh, and over the past seven days of this retreat, you've likely heard a lot of Dhamma. And so I'd just like to give you some encouragement in your practice. Uh, in the morning, I was thinking of what to say and I wanted to talk about metta and karuna, specifically the kindness and compassion, and just to share a little bit from my own story. Uh, so today we've, uh, there was a, well, there will be an ordination of uh, eight monks and the upajaya, the preceptor, uh, Venerable Ajahn Anand, uh, he is like, he will be like the mother and father of uh, those who go forth uh, under him. And that is the metta and compassion from the preceptor that uh, they will look after uh, those monks who've gone forth, give them uh, support in the holy life and uh, the disciples also have a duty to look after their preceptor. Uh, it's a kind of uh, debt of gratitude uh, that they have. And so I was with um, my teacher, Venerable Ajahn Anand, for 15 years and saw the great amount of his metta and compassion just like uh, for you, you've heard a lot of Dhamma from Venerable Ajahn Anand, and uh, this Dhamma may have entered very deeply into your heart or your mind's been deeply impressed by it. And this is also a part of our goodness and Bharami, the spiritual accumulations and qualities that we've developed, that we can gain this from listening to the Dhamma. For myself, uh, I felt that that when I had listened to the Dhamma, then I had a very deep impression in the mind. And it was two years ago that I had a phone call come in and it was my, uh, one of my relatives who said uh, about my mother who was turning, who turned 80 years old, that she wasn't so well and the idea came up that I wish that I could uh, have a place for her that she could make merit with uh, the monks, with the Sangha, uh, that it would help her because, uh, and it'd be a place that she would help uh, and be supported by the Krubhajan, the great teacher. Uh, and like we've chanted the uh, four types of noble disciples or awakened beings. Uh, this is what we have faith that uh, Venerable Ajahn Anand is. And so I wish to be able to help 
my mother to be uh, more developed and progress in this Dhamma, in the Buddha Sasana, and uh, in this stage of her life. She was uh, already practicing uh, the Dhamma and growing and in having, having faith in this Buddha Sasana uh, and having also some experience in meditation and Dhamma practice uh, from what she told to me. Uh, and so uh, I wish that she could grow more in merit and be more uh, firm in the practice of dana, sila, and bhavana. Uh, so I asked uh, Venerable Ajananan about. And so then uh, it was my mother who had offered a piece of land near her uh, home. And I had the idea that if I just had a small little hut there, a very basic dwelling, that I could go for arms there uh, to my mother and have opportunities to discuss some Dhamma and give her some Dhamma teachings uh, so that when if she was uh, sick, that I would be able to assist her through the Dhamma in that way. Uh, and I had this idea because of having seen Venerable Ajahn Anan of how he had looked after his own mother, uh, that he would receive alms from uh, her and visit her often and she would stay in the monastery and he would he looked after his uh, mother until her last breath uh, before she passed away and after seeing that that was very had a deep impression on me and i wanted to follow that uh, so i asked venerable ajana nun if uh, if i should accept that land that my mother wanted to offer and just have a small little dwelling there um, and just be able to follow all the monastic duties there, go for arms, just clean the monastery, do morning and evening chanting and meditation practice there. Uh, and he said that it was a good idea. And so when I went there, there was nothing really there, it was a very empty piece of land. And so I had to uh, get people to plant trees there um, and people started to come uh, more and more. And when they came, then I would uh, share some Dhamma with them. Previously in Vatmapjan, I never had that duty to teach or to give any teachings because it usually would be the Kurbajan or Venubajan and none who would give those teachings. But it so happened that uh, there was one day when we were planting uh, trees from morning all the way till afternoon. It's very tiring, but different groups of lay people started to come. There was some, one group, two groups, three groups, and I had to receive them and give them some teachings as well. And by the end of uh, that day, I was extremely exhausted, uh, but uh, I had to do my duty to, to receive them there on that on where my place was. And so when I went back to the my little dwelling, I was already very tired. 
but I reflected back to the kindness and compassion of my teacher, Venerable Ajananan. Uh, and specifically, there was one time I remember that uh, it was a Katina ceremony. There's a great amount of people coming and he was uh, sick that day, uh, but he had to conduct the Katina ceremony, uh, lead it, and then after that receive the guests, the many guests that had come to visit uh, for this ceremony, uh, have the, the proper uh, Katina ceremony and after that have to receive visitors to even a hundred people there after and from that I got quite uh, a deep feeling in the heart and even quite teary from thinking uh, of the great kindness and compassion of my teacher on that day very feeling very that he was very sick but unable uh, but able to endure it and uh, fulfill his duties and so uh, he, that was the great kindness and compassion that I saw from from him so I then thought that I should at least try uh, to to have effort to uh, at least uh, be guided by by that example and even though it would take some uh, strength of mind and could say some good practice in order to be able to fulfill those duties that uh, I would try. And when I had opportunities that I would come back to what Mapchan here to uh, assist or to uh, uh, come back and, and see my teacher. And so coming back here then and on this occasion seeing or you practicing on this retreat it gives a lot of happiness uh, to me seeing this uh, in my place my monastery we're planting a lot of trees and when people took notice and they started to to come and then to also talk and discuss on dhamma and so there were different types of people maybe some who were practicing more about watching the mind, uh, some that were more into samadhi practice. And so being able to see uh, many types of people of, on all different levels of practice. And I can compare it to like planting trees. There's some trees that you plant, which they take a long time to bloom, uh, but and you have to look after them well. Uh, but there's also other types of trees that flower off very quickly, but once they flower off, they may die very quickly as well. Uh, and so in uh, the people would generally like to see the types, the second type, which is the ones that flower very quickly because maybe they're easy to, to plant. Uh, but the one that I saw, the ones that took a long time to grow, to bloom, uh, it might have taken two years until they were able to grow, uh, but those ones are the one that lasted the most, uh, that were very strong because their roots, their foundation was very strong. And this is kind of like our Dhamma practice where we want to have results that last a long time, that are very firm. Uh, just like I heard the story of Venerable Ajahn Somchai when he went to practice in the cremation ground, and he was able to have uh, rapture and a lot of samadhi coming up. 
but these results that he had gained from that was because he had been practicing already for a very long time, consistently and regularly. So you could say it's coming from his uh, regular or consistent practice of sila, of putting effort in the practice of having mindfulness and of meditation. Uh, and so for myself, I even uh, saw this when it was about four or five years ago when I went to India and it, we went with a group with uh, Achan Achalo. And this was the first time I'd been to Bodhgaya, but I was very uh, impressed by the place of uh, the Buddha's enlightenment. And usually I'd be able to only sit meditation maybe 30 minutes to an hour, and then I'd be uh, tired. But having this joy and rapture coming up, but also seeing the example of Ajahn Achalo sitting for many hours, then I could sit for longer than an hour, and even one day was able to sit for most of the day. And then the next morning waking up and really having inspiration to, to keep practicing to meditate again. Uh, and so it was the feeling that I had that to get to this point, it was from a consistent practice uh, from the past, uh, one doing regular practice. And that's the same that if we want to have a tree that's very strong and lasting, then we need to look after the mind very well. Don't let it go out uh, too much from uh, the middle or towards liking and disliking. And so sometimes we may ask that, how do we know that we're practicing Dhamma uh, properly uh, well? For myself, uh, I feel like that we'll know because uh, when we practice correctly, we'll end up meeting with other people who are very uh, determined in their Dhamma practice or even having a good level of practice themselves. They may, ha may have a lot of effort in the practice or even those, we meet those who've gained insight and clear seeing into the Dhamma. Uh, and these people will take us to very good places uh, where we'll be able to develop ourselves more and more. And these type of people, we give them the name Kaliyanamita, like good friends. Uh, and this is like they're shining on us a golden ray of uh, the Dhamma, which uh, is of great benefit to our minds. And if we're able to practice this path more and more, then we'll be able to overcome the defilements of greed, anger and delusion in the heart. And we'll also have more inspiration and strength to keep practicing as well when we see those results. So all these little things that we do, uh, that we do regularly have a lot of benefit. The chanting that we do, the helping, uh, sacrificing to help others. And this uh, kindness and compassion that we're developing to ourselves and to others, they all have good benefits that they develop our minds and they develop these uh, sublime states within us. Uh, so it was just two days ago that I had the opportunity to take uh, some of the lay people who came to my monastery to pay respects to Venerable Ajahn Anand. 
and that was uh, had a very good feeling or happy feeling that I was able to do that. So in that way, by me giving this kindness and compassion to others, uh, it was also really helping myself as well. So this is a benefit of developing this kindness and uh, compassion in the heart. And so we should keep practicing on. We don't uh, let go of our practice of developing sila, our mindfulness practice and our samadhi practice. And when we do that, then one day we will see the Dhamma just following that what the great teacher has taught and guided and taught us. Uh, and so today is a very fortunate day for us all that we will have nine or having nine monks bhikkhus coming to ordain in the Buddha Sasana here. And so I give my blessings to all of you and I rejoice with all your goodness and good efforts in the practice uh, and uh, just giving you a few short teachings because uh, soon there'll be the beginning of the ordination ceremony. <laughs>